welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're welcoming back Dan Blacklock from Cloud Puncher Games. Cloud Puncher Games is the innovator of such board game accessories as Box Throne, Token Sesame, and Lax Racks. Their newest campaign for a $399 extendable board game table is currently on Kickstarter. Dan, welcome to the bench. How are you doing? Pretty good. It's uh, good to be back. Oh, it is great uh, to have you back. And, yeah. We were just saying before we came on air, it's 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 so cool in this industry to see the evolution of these different companies, right? We've had a lot of people on the podcast and it is such a treat when I see, you know, someone have success and then success again and then success again. And now here we are for a fourth time. We're going to get into it, but holy smokes, <laughs> success doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, justify uh, <laughs> what, what you've been able to achieve here. So, oh my God, this is crazy. So first and foremost, congrats on the wedding. Uh, I heard you just recently got married. That's awesome. Thank That's you. Amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, for- I just got married last week. Yeah. And so yeah. for people that uh, want to kind of get the back history of some of these other projects you've launched, uh, episode 22, episode 115, you were on the podcast. Um, but for the people who are just catching this episode, can you give us just a quick overview of kind of who you are and what Cloud Puncher Games is? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like uh, in 2017, we launched a shelving system called the Box Throne. It's yeah. like a full metal expandable shelving system designed for board games where like every game can get its own shelf. As you grow your collection, you can grow your shelving unit because it's all fully modular and seamless. Now we did that and it raised about $900,000 on Kickstarter. And uh, so from there, we built it into like a online store and we've shipped like 30 mini Kickstarters of that since. Like wow. it was going, it's since 2017, it was going, we shut it down this year or we put it, we temporarily paused it. Yeah, uh, this year for stuff I guess we can talk about later. It might you know, yeah. might be interesting. It, um, <laughs> and then uh, so and then after that we launched Token Sesame, uh, which is a modular board game bit holder. It holds all your little bits and it has art plates featuring uh, different artists on it and stuff like that. And then we did uh, Lax Racks, which is a like an IKEA hack, uh, basically to turn your IKEA Kallax into kind of a box thrown style uh, shelving system where each game gets its own shelf again. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we're we're in the process of fulfilling it. All the others are fulfilled. We're in the process of fulfilling Laxrex right now. We just started uh, mass production on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one that one's a little bit delayed, like because uh, the precision of the engineering of it was a little bit more, uh, more challenging than I had first anticipated. Yeah, um, yeah, it's just like a lot of different variables that have to be taken into account, and it was like we went we went through like another. Um, I'd say 30 different iterations after the Kickstarter trying to, trying to fine tune it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, uh, now, yeah, we got, uh, uh, Project Ironside, which is our extendable board game table on there. And it's, uh, it's doing, doing pretty well. It's doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So engineering has been something that, uh, is clearly been a big part of each of these campaigns that you've done. Right. So when I look back Mm. at, you know, even something as simple as, you know, the token Sesame, I think I actually accused you of this on that podcast, that episode of almost over engineering, right. Yeah. Over designing everything. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's clear as a company that you guys aren't just kind of throwing something out quick, but there's a lot of thought and process behind it and thinking, okay, what else can this do? Right. And what else yeah. can we put into this? Which I think is really cool. 
Um, and, and, and certainly I think it, it showcases that in, in your success in these campaigns. I mean, uh, box thrown, I think by the time it's all done, like probably in the millions, I'm thinking on that, that project. Um, yeah. I think he hit uh, almost half a million on uh, Token Sesame as well as uh, Laxrax. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're not doing small campaigns and, you know, you're doing large campaigns and, and it's it's showing, I think, in, in all the care. And even if I look at your your campaign pages, right, and we're going to show some of the campaigns mm-hmm. in, in a second, but, um, you know, there's a lot of thought that goes into those, those pages. They're very methodical. You've got a lot of, um, you know, animated GIFs a lot of really quickly helping somebody get to the idea of what this concept is all about very, very fast in, in your mm-hmm. visuals, uh, which I think is, is really awesome in, in a testament kind of to you, to your company. So, um, so let's, let's dive into some of this. So you've Thank got this you. extended table yeah. coming for 399 bucks. So where did the idea of this come from? Yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> to be honest, like I, like even before box though, and I wanted to design, uh, a board game table uh just from like way back in the day some of the very earliest board game tables that i ever saw mm-hmm. um and this is like i think it was 2016 i think it was something like that it was like way way back in the day early days of like kickstarter ish um i uh yeah i tried to design a board game table but like i just couldn't do it like i didn't have the design skills i didn't have the connections to help with manufacturing so i couldn't do design for manufacture which mm-hmm. is a process that you know, helps you reduce costs when it comes to manufacturing, which is like something I've learned bit by bit over the past four years, five years doing this. Um, So like I tried to do it, but like, I couldn't really get it. I wanted to make like something modern and like glossy and stuff like that, which looking now is like, yeah, I've achieved that with completely different materials that I've used and stuff like that. Um, But I, yeah, like I tried back in the day, didn't really work. So kind of like moved to like the shelving side and the storage side of stuff. And now I'm kind of like coming full circle now that I feel like I have enough skills and understanding of design mm-hmm. and yeah, like design for manufacturing makes like a huge difference, right? Like knowing where you can put like off the shelf hardware into stuff like screws that have already been made or like hinges and that kind of stuff. Um, like knowing, like even just knowing general stuff about like industrial design terms, you know, like, like, yeah, like, like I said, like what, what kind of hinges and joints and stuff to use it can help you communicate with factories better. And then if they understand your what you're looking for easier, then they can come up with the suggestions and, and stuff mm. too to kind of reduce the cost. Um, so yeah, so like I I feel like I've got a pretty decent understanding of like metal work now. Like I've worked mm. with this, like I said, we shipped like 30, we shipped 10,000 box stones, like 10,000 <laughs> customers of box stones. Like it's like, it's a lot. That's great. And so like, yeah. so like in that process, I've learned so much about like, just like, what makes a metal product expensive, where you can cut costs, where you can refine stuff. Um, so it's just like, it's like mostly labor, to be honest. Like that's, that's where it comes in because it's like, you got people welding, welding takes a long time. Yeah. So stuff that's like, it's always better to replace a weld with like a screw or um, just like a, some kind of mechanism where it can connect without, without needing to permanently weld stuff together. It makes it makes a huge difference to the cost. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, and I'd be remiss. Uh, yeah. I'd be remiss to say, uh, um, so you're actually living in China, right? So you're an ex, yeah, you're yeah, a Canadian expat yeah. is living in China. Has, does that, that's got to help, eh? Uh, like when you are able to physically go to the location and talk with the engineers and kind of troubleshoot, or is that part of your, pretty much your daily life now? Yeah. Or? 
I mean, like it's got like pros and cons to it. Like the pros of living here is like, yeah, you can you can prototype and manufacture stuff like real quick. Like you don't have to ship it across the like shipping air shipping a table across the ocean. That's like three grand each time. And yeah. we did five five or six iterations of the table before like we settled on the the, the prototype that you see in the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. So like not being here and working with a factory to do it would be like a huge i don't know it would just be take a lot of time take a lot of money it's just yeah. much more advantageous to be in china doing it um and also helps you like uh like all the factory owners like will use like just like wechat right so yep. like being in the same time zone as them it's like you can also just like quickly shoot messages and they'll shoot it back and you go back and forth and just have a live track like like no one really uses emails right yeah. if you're using emails it's, it's you're gonna get second you're gonna be secondary to people who are using wechat to talk yeah. to factories um so like you can you can progress through products a lot faster and like we have like a lot of add-ons like even now like in the project dinosaur campaign we launched it and we had like a set of add-ons and we are getting we do this with, with all our kickstarters but mm -hmm. once a kickstarter kind of begins we will get ideas from backers you know they'll be like oh um why don't we add uh, an acrylic uh, battle mat or like why don't you um make it so that you can have a giant wooden topper if you put multiple tables together um and just like little ideas like that or like oh what why don't we have a carrying bag or a, a card holder that you can be magnetically attached to the top and all this kind of stuff so as we're going uh we are designing as well like i've designed probably like eight new add-ons since the oh, kickstarter wow. has begun and i'm like getting renders done getting prototypes to jump making sure everything is like structurally sound before we you know uh, go to sell it but like i wouldn't be able to do that if I, I don't think i was in china like it was uh yeah like we just got a uh, coffee table uh leg ad adaptions and uh bar height legs uh, oh. ex extensions so those are coming later this week but like i was able to kind of like get that in the entire design and prototyping process done in like maybe like seven days ten days because wow. of that um yeah, I, I'm like we have a really good factory too, a really good metal factory. Like it doesn't take breaks, doesn't take any holidays. Like I can message him anytime. Wow. Uh, and he's just like goes to the factory and tries it out and stuff like that. So, um, and this is like a, is yeah. it like they read somewhere it's like a Swedish style table or something like that? There's something about yeah, Sweden like uh, baked into this. Yeah, like it's a uh, it's inspired by Swedish design principles, basically yeah. just like the minimalism of it, mm. uh, using as few kind of like parts as possible uh to uh assemble it um and having just like a like a, a lot of like clean lines uh and it really just comes down to like a simple a simple look is what, is what i wanted to go to yeah i didn't want it to be like overly ornate like uh i mean because there are a lot of the board game tables out there and like some of them are like very ornate like they look great but like they're it's like a style that might not suit every apartment or like yeah. every house so i wanted to create something a little bit different so i wanted to keep it like just looking like uh, almost like a bit more modern that's why i have like the the glossy kind of shiny finish to it mm -hmm. um but then you have like the option to put like the wood toppers on it and then it becomes more like a classical kind of dining table yeah um so i i feel like we've created something that is like quite unique in terms of board game tables so uh um yeah so anyway it i mean you've you've i mean right now and I've got this in US dollars. I know you usually say Canadian dollars, but I'm not logged in. So I'm actually seeing the US dollars. You're at $3.35 million on this campaign so far. Still 35 mm -hmm. days to go. Uh, 4,092 mm -hmm. backers. 
Um, this is obviously going to be one of the top campaigns, I think, for Kickstarter in the in the game sector. Uh, I'm thinking you're probably going to hit the top 20. I'm thinking at least, maybe even higher. Uh, maybe I don't. Know. I don't like to chase <laughs> it. I don't I, like. I just think of like the week ahead. That's all I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So obviously there's a huge demand. The 399 price point, was this something that was kind of the starting point or did you land there? Or how did that kind of come into play? No, no, starting the the price is going to be 449 originally. Hmm. Uh, but we ran a bunch of like test ads, like A B uh, testing, yeah. Testing ads on Facebook to uh when we were like gathering emails and and followers and stuff like that. And about 95% of the engagement, like comments, likes, people clicking through, were on the ads that had three ninety nine in the uh, in, in the headline, hmm. and like so we, we had like two sets of ads. One said three ninety nine, and one said four ninety nine. That's the only difference between them. And ninety five percent of the traffic was on the three ninety nine one. So I'm like, okay, I guess we, I guess it's worth it to, yeah, uh, you know, absorb a little bit more of the of the of the margin, the cost. Uh, to create more of like a, a I guess like a st- sticky product with a yeah. I don't know it's 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 more interesting to people when they hear that and like oh three nine nine you know it's uh, got a good ring to it and uh, yeah it's 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 like a it's an affordable price right yeah um, it definitely you know. feels accessible right so exactly yeah. you know when I was looking at the price point I was thinking you know this is something that probably the average gamer um might actually be able to get into right mm, and i think that's yeah. a challenge with some of these other tables that are out there and, and no disservice to any of them they're all they're all great um mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. some of them the the price is, is quite high right so it, yeah. it's not attainable for the majority of people right it's more for like the super hardcore maybe people who are into content creation and so forth want to have something as a nice showpiece um yeah. but it looks like you've been able to take kind of that overall idea of you know, a gaming table, which I think most people in the board game industry probably want, right? right? Nice neoprene table, this recess, something you can convert into a dining room table. Yep. And you, you've got that now at a price point that is now accessible for a lot of people. People can still kind of, you know, pimp it out for lack of a better word, yep. right? They can they for can sure. get two tables, put them together, make it like a mega table, kind of like the yeah. Dwight Schrutz uh, mega I mean, desk. You, you can have the mega table. Yeah. You can put um, infinite tables together actually. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think that's awesome. You can make them super long. You can make them uh, large and square. Um, you know, all the accessories you've built into this, I think were really cool as well. And it really, mm-hmm. again, it speaks to some of the, the, the forethought around it. Um, can you walk us through some of these accessories that 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 you've created for this? So I've noticed I, I thought that Matt, uh, the Matt Caddy, I thought was part of your prior campaign. I think that was part of your prior campaign, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh, that was part of Lax Racks. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, sorry, for some reason my audio sounds messed up, but no, it sounds great, uh, Madison. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that was part of Lax Racks because it was all kind of like IKEA hacky mm-hmm. stuff, you know, stuff that you can yep. put your Calyx with. So. Um, I, uh, yeah, I thought it was like relevant to Project Ironside because sure. I have, we, well, we have, uh, so many different like playmat options, right? we got like the three double-sided playmats might be adding another one, uh, before the end of the campaign. <laughs> uh, plus like if you're swapping them out and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, we, we designed that. So you got a place to store them. And the idea behind the Playmat hero as well is that it comes with two extra straps. So you can store like very long mats, like the stuff mm-hmm. you'd be using on the table. You can store them vertically in it. So like an, a lot of, uh, 
yeah, it's like one of the most requested things by backers. Just another example how we like we'll come out with a product and then some back like I think maybe a threshold is like three backers say the same thing and they're like, okay, we have we have to change the product and add this into it. I think it's a good idea. Um, so yeah, that's what, one of the upgrades we did to to play mat hero. Yeah, so the, we have these like straps that allow you to hold these super long mats vertically, or you could do short mats horizontally. Um, so yeah, like uh, yeah, so it's just a really good pairing with and, the, and you got with the table clip on cup holders. You've got clip yep. on uh, card holders, discard card holders. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it seems very, very modular, which I think is super cool. Yeah. And the one thing that caught my eye, and I'm just showing on screen yeah. here is that, like the fact that you've taken, okay, we've got, you know, the, the cover that goes on it. Right. So if somebody wants to put the kind of the wood topper mm-hmm. on it to make it a dining room table, you've got that, but then you've taken again, this kind of this over engineering kind of, approach to say well what else can we do with these pieces when they're not being used on the table well why don't we make it like yeah. an elevated center section where we can store components or maybe have the the table and we can you know put our stuff underneath or maybe i can have it as like a, a you know most people toss the box somewhere maybe on the couch or, or somewhere well let's maybe create a little mini table that we can store the box on so where did that all come from like is <laughs> i mean it seems so obvious when you look at it yeah now. i mean it... <laughs> yeah i think it's like i um yeah, I guess it comes from like the and over engineering, I guess personality that yeah. when it comes to designing stuff. But like, uh, yeah, I was just like looking, watching uh, other board game tables and notice their leaves and like how they store them and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm just thinking like if I had those leaves, like what? I mean, there's some other things I can do with them. And I notice that whenever I play a board game, it's like I just don't know where to put the box, especially if you're at like a board game table where you don't have like are you going to put it into the vault, like into the playing pit? Like it's not a very easy place to put the box while you're unboxing. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, I was finding myself putting it on a chair next to me. Yeah. So I'm just like, well, I, you know, like why would I do that? If you got a full house of people, you know, I can just take one of these leaves and put some legs in it. And then that can be a little unboxing stool. Right. And so like there's an unboxing stool and then there's like the longer end pieces make uh, kind of like a storage bench where, you know, you can put your coats or snacks or like other games that you're not playing and all that kind of stuff. And kind of thought like, oh, those could be like, you know, behind the players or at the end of the table. So you have a few different like storage options. I guess part of it comes from like uh, a strange, uh, I don't know, uh, I guess goal to make storage I don't know, better storage is kind of our thing, right? We've got like box yeah. zones, like storage, lack of storage. So it was like, oh, like, well, we have to include some kind of storage kind of mechanism with the table as well. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're doing. And then like the, the wood topper gets crazier too. Like, I don't know if you got the, the page open there, oh, but yeah. like we, so like the table's modular, right? So you can put like as many tables as you want together with ways or lengthways. So yeah. like, if you put tables with ways, you can create like a, like a five foot by six foot table, right? Cause you're putting two, three by five foot tables together. Yeah. Um, and so we create like a massive wood topper. It's actually called the huge wood topper. That's like five foot by six foot. Uh, and it's split in half down the middle, but it all has an interlocking uh, groove system. So it's mm-hmm. like secure. Um, but if you take that, you can like, split the table in half to make two tables again and also use those toppers as that split giant topper as individual toppers uh, okay. on the smaller tables as well like uh yeah <laughs> just like the, the topper signs just go it goes a bit bananas but uh but yeah i think i think it looks good i think it works really well so 
Oh, super awesome. And then the, the, it obviously bears a lot of weight. Like I was showing a, a couple uh, images here where people are yep. actually laying, sitting on the table, laying on the table. What kind of testing do you do yeah. to, you know, to, t- to get the, the, that structural integrity? Well, like it's all made in a metal factory, right? So, yeah. uh, they will build a prototype there and they'll just mm-hmm. start putting metal things on it. And there's like a hundred, 200, 300 kilograms with a metal there like we just we just couldn't make it fail eventually run out of stuff to, to put metal <laughs> on, to put, to put weight on it right so like i think we did it up to about like um oh, i don't want to say a number because it's you know like i don't want anyone to to try stuff but we had done let's say significantly over 100 kilograms uh we had ran out of stuff to put on the table mm-hmm. um like multiples more uh, <laughs> and the tables just wouldn't get damaged so we couldn't really have a number a weight limit number on it um so like with the table like your floor will get damaged before the table gets damaged like oh, if you're wow. putting that much weight so if you're putting like five if you got five people sitting on the table or something like that and you know you got <clears throat> like uh 400 kilograms with a weight on there it's like yeah. it's more likely to dent your floors than is it to bend the table like it's it's solid steel right and, That's crazy. Uh, and like nothing's nothing's like glued together or anything like that um so so yeah I noticed on the, and again, I got on the screen here, this, um, uh, the, the bit holders, is this actually token Sesame, like half a token Sesame yeah. is clipping in? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's compatible with it. So if you got token Sesame, you can like pop off three of the chambers and just plug it into the table and use those as a uh, bit holders. It, I was looking um, at it, I'm like, this looks a lot like yeah. token Sesame. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. So it's compatible with it. And same with the art plates, you know? So like we wanted to make it special for people who you know, back to token Sesame. So like a lot of them have very limited art plates now. I think it's like seven or eight different art plates that, you know, the we haven't produced them since and they're extremely rare. So like we want to give people another chance to kind of show them off and stuff like that. So like they can deck out the little bit holders that are in the table with those art plates and stuff like that too. So yeah. it just makes it pretty fun. But yeah. So the the one thing that popped in my head as soon as I saw this campaign was, is this guy crazy? Like with the weight <laughs> that you're going to be shipping and the container costs right now, yeah how what is what's the process to manage that because can i mean obviously you're going to have um you're collecting shipping after the campaign and again the shipping costs aren't unreasonable but for me as as a publisher right now it's container costs that is the single largest uh cost especially when you have heavier items like this how are you dealing with that is everything Mm -hmm. being shipped to backers from china or are you shipping to regional distribution centers or can you walk us through that yeah yeah, it's going to regional distribution centers. Like that is the entire reason behind like the design of the table, right? We designed it to to pack very flat and very compact mm-hmm. into as few boxes as possible. So we can kind of like ship it with like, for example, UPS ground shipping in mm. two two boxes. Um, so that like really reduces the um the the end, like the what do you call it? last mile, last mile shipping. Yeah. Uh, in terms of freight, it's like the, the price of freight is coming down. In in our experience, what is more detrimental is the the import tariffs in the U.S. Mm. There's a 25 percent import tariff in the U.S. It's, it's even been a. It's now I think there's a 7.5 one that's applied to board games now. Nothing nothing is is safe from it now. It's like so any kind of furniture you import to the U.S. 25 percent tariff. So it's like that, that is more of a concern, but you know, like we, we're doing this since 2017 and like every single box zone wave 
2017 is when like Trump put that tariff in, right? Yeah. So like every single box zone wave, um, I'd also like to add that we took the funding from the box zone before he put that tariff in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that wasn't fun. Uh, so like, so we've been dealing with like 30 waves now, right? So uh, we like, I just have enough experience to kind of like factor in everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and like I was like long before even went on Kickstarter, we'd already figured out like uh, how much it's going to cost for freight, including t- shipping, including tariffs, like all this kind of stuff. Um, contacted all the, the warehouses. That's why it's like in the shipping chart at the bottom. Um, like, for example, Australia is split between two different regions, like mm. Perth and like Western Australia is like super expensive just because we like did our due diligence and stuff like what it would cost because everything ships out of Sydney, but like Sydney is an okay uh, price to ship to. So we're like, we just did a lot of due diligence in terms of like shipping and stuff like that. But yeah, it's going to regional, regional warehouses. And uh, like, yeah, because the other thing is like in the US, we use four, we use five different warehouses wow. in the US to reduce the zone. Like if you only have one warehouse in the US, it's like uh, you, I mean, like you're kind of, you're spending a lot more money than you need to. You're yeah. probably shipping a lot of your stuff in like zone five or six, which is like, that's where the limit is. Like once you're out of zone four, it's like the price goes up like 25% to ship. Yeah. So you want to ship, you basically want to be able to ship things like at maximum two states over, right? Mm. So like we have a warehouse, we've got like New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, and California. Um, and so we can really reduce that like last mile cost. Um, so yeah, so like we're doing a lot to try and make the shipping you know, reasonable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I can see like with the neoprene mats and I'm showing on screen here as well. I mean, you've got these kind of double-sided mats. So somebody can choose whether they want to have like, you know, if they're playing title blades and they want like an ocean view, or if they're playing carcass mm-hmm. and they want like kind of the grassy knoll, they can do that. Um, terraforming Mars and mm-hmm. so forth. Is, is there going to be an option down the road to ever customize these or be able to do like a custom player mat? Is that a thing right now? Is anybody? I mean, doing like that? everything, like, I mean, yeah, like there, there's there's plenty of people doing that. Um, but like when you customize a mat like that, it's gonna cost you like hundred thirty dollars mm. or something like that. Hundred fifty. Like I've seen on other uh, campaigns, and it's just not really like the mission of the of the kicks like our campaign. Like mm. we want to make it accessible and affordable to people. So like we don't we have to make everything standardized, right? Like we can't have you know, too many different like variations is why we only really have one size of the table, three by five foot. Mm-hmm. And to expand the table, you're just putting more tables together. Right. We don't have like a, like a four by four and a three by three and all this kind of stuff. Um, Cause we are like, it has to be standard in order, in order to keep the prices low. Yeah. Um, so that was, that's part of the, the reasoning too, with the, the, the play mats. Like if you like doing custom play mats, it's very expensive because just making yeah. one, even doing, you mass producing play mats like you have to print at least a thousand of them you know um so like the cost is going to be high even if even if it's just some cost of not being able to sell many of them so like that was all like kind of included to it that's why i'm hesitant to add a fourth mat but i think yeah i think people like it might do a might do a volcano and the other side maybe like a dungeon floor oh I think cool do something like that so i think that's the other thing too with the mats like i do like i enjoy using play mats but a lot of them are often like too detailed in the design also plays into like what I learned from tech, token assessment as well. Cause a lot of people were saying, Oh, can we have more like generic kind of designs that will yeah. fit with like any game and stuff like that. And so we kind of took that philosophy and like put it towards 
um, the the play mats as well. Like so, they're double sided, um, but the the scenes are like quite you know they're quite generic. You know, you got yeah. like a desert, you got Mars. It's nothing that's like so detailed, like a dragon flying or something like that. That you wouldn't feel like it is specific to like one or two games you know yeah and plus i feel like often if the playmat's too detailed it takes away from the game yeah probably like Like, sensory overload yeah exactly and like i feel like people want to focus on the game otherwise it just like it gets gets too much you know yeah um so uh we try to make like the the playmat's quite quite subtle and uh, I'm judging from like, we got a lot of people who just want to buy the play mats and stuff too. So like, I feel like it is uh pretty, I'm not the only one who felt like that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So what's, what's next for you guys? So I, you know, obviously you've uh, you're a man that's got things charted out uh, quite far. Can you give us a teaser mm. as to what's coming after, uh, yeah. after this project Ironside? Yeah. I mean like the, the nice thing about, I mean, this obviously the nice thing about the project is that like now we can expand the company a bit, right? I could probably hire yeah. like another couple of people and start working on a lot of other stuff. Yeah, there there are plans. My plans have changed slightly since hmm. the Kickstarter campaign because now we can kind of like work on more stuff. Um, I do have another, uh, I have another furniture product. I don't know. It's another storage product, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk about it yet. Okay. Um, so like I've got I've got one of them. Uh, I have a dice set. Which was which was just like a, a fun kind of thing we came up with. It was a programmatic. Uh, oh, do I want to? Maybe I won't tell too much about it. But it's like, <laughs> like it it's got a random number generator chip inside the the dice. That's not what shows, but it like it will make the patterns that show up on the dice completely random every time you roll the dice. Um, because it has oh, wow. this, like it's been programmed to be random like that. So it's like every time you roll a dice, you'll get like a unique kind of like pattern and stuff like that. Um, it's pr- pretty interesting. So working on that as well. Um, and then I'll, yeah, I'm also uh, working on a couple of games that uh, might begin a couple of licensed games uh, with a couple of indie video games. So working on that as well. So yeah, because like honestly, like I would love to try and do some game design and stuff like that. So I'm going to be trying working with. Uh, some people and taking a crack of that as well. So uh, yeah, it's like we've got like four kind of Kickstarters slated. Yeah, first one will probably be the dice, then it'll be the furniture, and then the games will come after that. So, and timing, are you like, is it kind of like an annual thing now, or will you ever get would, that frequency I mean, up? I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to do at least two a year. You know, like yeah. the, I feel like other companies like mine, I feel like the, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to name drop too many, you know, but, uh, I feel like companies where I would like to get to, um, I feel like the uh, like boardgametables.com uh, board is like a good inspiration for us, I think. Yeah. They have like a good mix of like furniture, accessories, and games. And games I think yeah. that's something like we'd want to want to strive towards. Um, but like, uh, I mean, my vision is still like a little, a little bit different, like um, that I mean, we're still figuring out as we go, but I want to make it a lot more <laughs> Uh, themed around the characters and like the the mascots of the Cloud Puncher games. Like we always have like the Box King, the Box Viking. You know, we're gonna try and make that more of like a uh, like a branded family. You know, maybe we'll make some stuff about that. Um, so uh, yeah, man. Like yeah, just a lot to a lot planned, a lot happening. Well, but, uh, it's it's awesome when you see the campaigns hit big like this is hit. 
Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple I colleagues mean, in the industry. Me. Yeah. yeah, I've got a couple colleagues in the industry that have, have had that happen where they, they're they're going along and and as we know, it's it's not easy, right? And it, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And then things just align and something hits. And when it hits, it's like, okay, now we've got the resources to to do more, right? And to now maybe some cases people have day jobs, right? That they can say, okay, now I'm going to do this full time and, uh, and really feed into the passion, which allows them yeah. to create even more content and even bigger campaigns and, uh, and really kind of be fully all in into the industry. So, uh, it, it's inspiring to see what you've done here. Yeah. And I want to wish you all the best on this campaign. Uh, I'm excited to see where it Thank ends. You. I think it is going to be probably one of the top ones, but we're going to see. I don't want to jinx it, but yeah, I mean, three and a half million so far yeah, don't is, jinx uh, <laughs> is not a small number. So once again, bud, want to congratulate you. And uh, again, congrats on the on the marriage. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, you take care. Cheers. You too. Thanks for having me. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.
Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it.